0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League Podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Tool Station Western League podcast with myself, Ian Knockholt and of course, as I always am, I'm joined by Tom Hiscock from the non-league paper and, of course, the author of our esteemed bulletin. Tom, well, we're back in the we're back in the ram, celebrating the promotion of our respective clubs. Um, you must have had a good bank holiday weekend,
2: yeah, indeed. Plymouth Argyle uh, went up in style, nice six-one win uh, over Newport yesterday. Uh, very happy about that. Um, yeah, good weekend.
1: Yeah, and indeed, Portsmouth went up as well. Well, and uh, they're my hometown side, but uh, probably the listeners—well, the listeners to the Toolstation Western League podcast—don't tune in to hear about professional football. They certainly don't, do they? Did you? Uh, were you able to take in any um, any matches in the Western League over the weekend, or have you been have you been burning the candle at both ends in order to get the bulletin out?
2: Yeah, there is a little bit of that. Uh, my father managed to get to uh, the Bishop Sutton game on Friday, so he was there in my presence. Um, I managed to go and watch Alistair Cook uh, playing a bit of cricket on Friday, so that was my excuse. Uh, and then yesterday I was off watching Bath City, so um, still keeping on non-league uh, uh, candle blow- blow- blowing, but, um, yeah, uh, no tool station action for me this weekend, but two bulletins, as you say, so very busy. I
1: have told you about watching Bath
2: City before, haven't
1: I? Last game, uh, last game this season, so that's that done. Right, well, we'll forgive you. I, myself... Um, took in two games. Uh, I should actually say that your father, if he went to watch Bishop Sutton, would be interested in this week's podcast because we have an interview with the manager of Bishop Sutton, um, Scott Armstrong. So um, that's coming up later in the uh, in the podcast. I took in two games, Hengrove against Canesham on Good Friday. And then um, I was treated to a, a double whammy. I was allowed to go and watch um, the second half of Melksham's game against Gillingham. And again, for those of you who uh, are Gillingham fans out there, I, we had an interview with, uh, with your manager, Neil Waddleton that's coming up uh, again later in the uh, in the podcast uh, as well uh, and indeed is an interview with um, Bristol Manor farms Lee Lyshenko and of course Manor farm um, secured their um, promotion to the Southern League uh, on Good Friday but we'll be coming to that um, shortly we should also kick off um, this episode of the podcast by um, uh, with with the good news that the, the um, f- following news of its um, um, demise um, we're pleased to say that the Sunday independent we'll be back on our shelves on um sunday the 23rd of april and um, obviously we carried an interview from john collins um last week talking about the fact that the paper was going to close after 200 years well that uh, that closure was short-lived they've managed to they've managed to find themselves um a backer john was talking to me about finding a knight on a charger to come come in and save the paper and that's exactly what they've done in the form of Peter Masters, uh, a well-known West Country businessman, uh, he stepped in to save our historic and much-loved Sunday independence. So um, that's fantastic news for all of grassroots football, all of sport even across the West Country. But um, we'll be... We'll be um Uh, Enjoying um, the Sunday Independent, no doubt, um, this coming Sunday, and hopefully I shall be um, um, filing some copy for that esteemed um, paper um, when I cover the Roger Stone Cup final, which is happening uh, on Wednesday night um, between Clevedon Town and Radstock Town. Those is two, um, obviously, Western League clubs, and that's the under-18 competition, of course, and um, I had the pleasure of covering some of Radstock's games um, earlier this season in their Fantastic run in the FA Youth Cup. So it's um, it's a real pleasure to get the opportunity to cover them in a final, a final that they were in last season. And um, for those of you who um, uh, are interested in listening to that, then uh, you can listen to that full match commentary live. Uh, go and visit the Summer Valley FM website for more details. That's Soma Valley, S O M E R, Valley FM website, and you'll be able to listen to that full match commentary brought to you by myself. Anyway. Moving swiftly on, we are here of course to look at the um, the results from, from the Easter Bank holiday weekend, so we will start um, there, was a, there was a little bit of football that went on on Tuesday the 11th in fact one game that we should call out is the Dorset FA Senior Cup final between um, Weymouth and Gillingham, yes Gillingham doing well to hold out in, into extra time but they couldn't hold out with their Southern League rivals um, indefinitely um, going down 1-0 in the end there Tom
2: Yeah indeed it went through to extra time, the game actually played at Dorchester Town uh, very tight affair um, and it was a, a really late goal that, that took it in uh, Weymouth's favour and gave them the, the, the cup glory uh, 112th minute in fact to Stefan Zubar uh, former Football League player uh, and he gave the Terrors the 1-0 win unfortunate for Gillingham
1: Moving into Thursday the 13th of April Buckland Athletic at home to Willand a massive crowd of 211 for that game and um, the, the home fans certainly went home happy
2: Yeah big Devon Darby down there on Thursday evening uh, and an excellent result for Buckland all four goals coming from Jared Lewington uh, the star man of, of the night he scored three goals in the first half uh, to put the result beyond doubt and then added a, an added a fourth after the break uh, a huge win for Buckland uh, in, a, in a big game as you say
1: a huge crowd as well so good to see well Khan um, entertained Chippenham on the same day in the first division another good crowd 126 saw Karn, um going down there to 2-0 to uh, Chippenham Park but we move into Good Friday's fixtures Friday the 14th of April and uh, we start off in the pre- Premiership with a big Wiltshire derby. This was a game that I called out um, on the last podcast because I'm very impressed with Bradford Town. Of course, I get to see an awful lot of Melksham Town. 237 um, went to see this game at Bradford, and uh, they weren't disappointed. Tom,
2: no, they weren't, and it was Melksham who managed to to claim the 3-2 win. Uh, they fought back from a goal behind to complete the league double over over Bradford. Uh, it was Dan Cottle who fired Bradford into an early lead uh, before the the hosts were reduced to ten men uh, quite early on, actually. Uh, in the second half uh, through when Ricky Scott was dismissed and uh, then you had goals from Gary Higdon and Jake Hiscox uh, they were among the goal scorers for Melksham uh, to give them a 3-1 lead uh, before Nathan Flower scored a late consolation for, for Bradford but uh,
1: it was Melksham who held on for four or three points now, Street travelled to Bridport, another good crowd. Over 100 um, saw this game, and Richard Fay's men continued on their good form in the league.
2: Yeah, storming towards second place. Uh, they're obviously behind Bristol Manor Farm, but they're uh, leading the, uh, leading the, uh, the rest. Uh, and it was a, a comfortable win uh, away at Bridport with David O'Hare scoring either side of half time uh, before Steve Murray and then captain Ben Amgar uh, also got on the score sheet
1: brislington were at home to last season's champions odd down and odd down took away all three points they're in really good form actually to win the season uh, they found found
2: found found the winning way at the moment and uh it was a penalty and a free kick from the same man ben Witch, uh, a youngster who plays for odd down and it was a two-nil win for them away at brislington
1: Cadbury Heath entertained Chipping Sodbury Town. Another good crowd saw this one and a, another good victory for Cadbury Heath.
2: Yeah, another another team winning 2-0 uh, at the Springfield uh, and it was goals from Corey Simpson and Lewis Britton uh, helping them to the win over Chipping Sodbury.
1: Now Cleveland Town have been in a good run of form of late but they came unstuck at home to Cribs.
2: Yeah, uh, Cribs are actually doing alright at the moment uh, and it was uh, George King, uh, the man who seems to score most weeks, he grabbed one of their goals with Jack McKenna and uh, Liam Clayton also on the score sheet helping them to do De- defeat Cleveland away from home.
1: Gillingham Town entertained Sherbourne and again a good crowd of 125 saw this one.
2: Yeah no cup uh, setbacks uh, didn't, didn't, didn't hold them back on uh, on Friday and they claimed a 2-1 win over Sherbourne who obviously already relegated uh, Harry Baker was among the goal
1: scorers that's now his 21st league goal of the season very good season for him. And now the key fixture really from um, um, Good Friday in many respects particularly because it secured the championship of the Premier division for Bristol Manor farm they traveled to Hallen. 202 um, went to watch this one that's a very big crowd indeed understandably so and well I think we all know what the final outcome was Tom
0: yeah
2: an impressive impressive league season as uh, has ended with a with a championship for Bristol Manor farm uh, the game in Bristol uh, the, the, the league 30th sorry the 30th league one of the Season for them, uh, a 2 0 win away, away at Allen, uh, mid season signing Troy Simpson, open the scoring in the 11th minute, and then Harley Pennell doubled the uh, the advantage in the early stages of the second half to
1: uh, confirm the win. It's a historic result for Bristol Manor Farm, and um, given the importance of that result, uh, in the context of their season, I took the opportunity to have a chat with their manager. Of course, he's no stranger to the podcast, uh, is Lee Lyshenko, but he was happy to share his thoughts on what's been a momentous season for Manor Farm. <laughs> The last time we spoke on the podcast, promotion felt like a mere formality, but the show's not over till the fat lady sings. You've been pushed this season by Melksham, by Buckland and by Street. So actually to to secure the points you needed to put the championship beyond reasonable doubt must be a weight off your mind.
3: Most definitely, because obviously there's a lot of excited people around our club. Um, We've got a lot of enthusiasm around our club. And um, obviously until... It was actually done. It's still hard to get too carried away to, to plan for the for the next challenge. But now people can go into overdrive. They can um, look, look towards 70 football for some other farm, and, and we can all we can all put those sort of plans into action now without being uh, carried away too soon, which. Uh, was always going to be the case of us trying to get it done the job done sooner rather than later and as you said there have been three other clubs uh, that sort of stayed with us for the majority of the time and obviously street look like they're going to secure runners up spot now and uh, to be honest with you on, on our performances against street deservedly so
1: you had a bumper crowd watch the game uh, at Hallen. Um, on another day, perhaps you'd have got a hatful, but it was reasonably edgy. Um, were you ever concerned that the result was in doubt?
3: To be honest with you, know what, what Hallen were going to bring. Like we knew that, that no one would like uh, no one likes to be the team that aside, wins a title on their on their ground. And then especially with it being a local derby and managed by Ben Wiltshire, who used to play for me at Bristol Manor Farm, he actually started the season with us at Bristol Manor Farm. And so we knew it was going to be always going to be one of those days where we had to actually win the game. It wasn't going to be given to us. Um, and that's testimony to Ben because to be honest with you he's, he in, the team he inherited Halland is unrecognisable from the one he now has playing for him they're obviously playing for the manager he's a class act person he showed that with his actions after the game it was like humbling to, to say the least I think there was a few tears in the eyes of some of our supporters and, uh, and like, to be honest with you Halland done themselves played on, on, on the day not only in the way that he performed against us but the way the club acted as a whole he showed a lot of class and um, that lived long in my memory no doubt
1: about that. Looking back on the season, um, you've only lost twice in the league. You look like you're closing in on breaking the 100-point barrier. What are you most happy about in terms of the way that this season's gone?
3: Obviously, as you say there, the, the, the points tally shows that we've been very, very consistent. And if we have had a setback, we've responded to it collectively. We have got a good squad of, of the right depth to it. I and mean, sometimes when you've got that amount of depth in terms of the quality, it's hard to keep everyone happy. But the players have united together. They've shown the, the great amount of the, the right amount of determination. But also not to be too like you know any petulance or jealousness towards each other. They, they've done it in the right way. We've been competitive together. And when they they've been given a chance, most of the time the person's the chance of taking a chance so that, that helps to keep settled tight because it, like if you're making changes you're normally making a massive defeats and when that hasn't happened that often this season it's, it's great for a manager to be in that position so if you're making changes you're normally changing a winning team so it, it's for, you're making changes for the right reasons but um, all, all told it's been the, the consistency of the side the consistency of the, the way everyone has operated this season at our football club has been pleasing and it's, it's more in depth than just the players the players and just me and the coaching staff there's a lot of people at Bristol Manor Farm that take a lot of credit for what we've achieved this season
1: and that's why the last game you play this season, the last game is at home um, is so important for you because it's a celebration not only of what you've achieved but as you mentioned, so many people who've given so much to Bristol Manor Farm this season and over many years
3: most definitely, there's a lot, a lot of good people. It, one of the reasons I was um, attracted to Bristol Manor Farm four years ago is because of the, not only the, the players and the club that it is, but the, the managers that have actually managed Bristol Manor Farm in, in the past and over the years. And uh, so, like, uh, so there'll be a lot of people. Hopefully, we can get to the creek on, on the 29th of uh, April. It is a free admission. It's like a donate like a donate you draw um, on the on the gate and we hope to, to have a bumper crowd to celebrate together us leaving the Western League joining a new challenge and stepping into a new challenge I think the Western League will be slightly sad to see a club like Bustamana leave it because I, I believe we've been a good member of that division and, and the, uh, of that league and the league's been good to us as well it, it's a, a well-run league and it's something that we'll definitely miss but likewise we, we want to embrace the challenge of Southern League football and we want a lot of people to back us in that adventure and hopefully we can generate a lot of new faces and new fans from the 29th and also uh, um, uh, celebrate the, the achievement with a lot of people have done a lot of work over the years, even before my time and before people that maybe still at the club's time, but it's something we're all going to enjoy together.
1: I know you were confident of winning the league and gaining promotion at the beginning of the season, but have you been surprised at just how competitive the top end of the Premier division has been this season?
3: like we, we, we set out every season to, to, to be competitive at the top end, and most seasons we are, and we, we have been. So our consistency has been not only this year, it's been over a number of years. But what I'd say to you is you've only got to look at the points, like, we could hit three figures this year, and that's our challenge in the two games remaining. It's going to be a tough ask because we've got Willem Rovers uh, away from home. We're a very, very good side, and we've got to play Sherborne at home, which will be, be looking to end their season with, with, with something um, to show for it where like but likewise we were only actually clinched the title when we've hit the points tally of 93 points last season i believe it was around about 85 points so straight away you've got like the equivalent of another like another three wins on top of the tally that won it last year and we've still got two games to play so it shows what we've had to we've had to do we've had to achieve to be successful and it is me to the standard in the, in the division i think it's risen in the summer without without um question and uh, I, I believe the western league's in good in a good state of affairs with the, with the amount of clubs that one to become southern league clubs and that will only add to the competition next year so w- w- whatever's happened with us this year and we, we look to be going into the southern league whoever wins the western league next year are going to have to or they're going to have to have high standards too
1: that's the perfect introduction to the, the last question I've got for you, Lee, and that is who do you think, who will you be looking out for next season? Who do you think has the best chance of following you into the Southern League?
3: Well, you only got, straight away you would point to a club like Nolksumstain. They've only got the facilities, they've got a top-end top manager and they've got some very, very good players there already. Um, players that look at, like you always look at opposition and you look at who will get in your team and Melkson's probably got one or two like straight away that, uh, that I would love in mind obviously to have a player from somewhere else you've got to then replace one of your rings so I'd look at their squad and think yeah they've got some very good players along way street they've ended this season like a runaway training and, and they've got another manager there that's got a lot of experience manager at a higher level and proven so, so they're sort of the clubs that you know that not only will they have a manager that can do it they've got players already in their club that are top end players but they've also got clubs that are potentially big clubs I've always thought Peter Grunford Street are a big club and maybe in, in, with their previous manager they may have underachieved which of may are looking to, to, to go the right way and do the right things it looks like they're, they're, they're setting out their school next season to have a real good go of becoming a seven league club and uh, like best of luck to them obviously like you wouldn't look far away from, from Belgium, as I said already and, and then you go back to the old people like your, your bufflings but I, I, like I say within those three you'd the, the one of those three I would be like saying it would be the, the favourites to win the league next season.
1: Lee, thank you very much for taking the time to speak to the Tool Station Western League podcast, possibly for the last time as you embark on a new adventure in the Southern League, but you have been our Tool Station Western League Premier Division champions. Congratulations. My thanks to Lee Lyshenko there. Now, Longwell Green Sports entertained Bitten and again, another monster crowd here, 228.
2: Yeah, I suspect that was uh, Longwell Green's uh, biggest of the season. I haven't had time to check. Uh, but a really good uh, a win over the relegation uh, the team toward the bottom, sorry, uh, in Bitten. 1-0 win for Longwell Green and that was uh, thanks to a goal from George Bowerman.
1: And finally, in the uh, Premier Division, Wells City, um, they lost out um, by three goals to at home to Shepton Mallet.
2: Yeah, uh, a double from uh, Joe Morgan For Shepton Mallet. Another good crowd, uh, 162 there, Uh, and also Reese Cook getting on the score sheet, and uh, a 3 2 win
1: for Shepton Mallet over, over Wales. So we move down into the First Division now and Almondsbury urie took on Roman Glass St. George and um, Almondsbury continue their fight for survival.
2: Showing really good uh, late season form, which is obviously much needed. Uh, And they kept alive their slim hopes of the the unlikely escape. Uh, Thanks for a 2-1 win over Roman Glass St. George. It was Daniel Lane who scored both goals for the uh, the, the bottom club.
1: Now Bishop Sutton entertained promotion-seeking cheddar and uh, they didn't make it easy for them.
2: Yeah, indeed a, a tight affair according to my father who obviously I'd mentioned was there and it was just the one goal that split them uh, Cheddar yeah, through Robbie Maggs uh, helping them to the 1-0 win but a good, good performance from Bishop Sutton
1: do, do, I think we should name check your father he's, he's sort of our roving reporter
2: Paul. I mean, he's just given me a brief, brief chat about the game. I don't really know too much about it, but he said, uh, "Yeah, tight affair. Not too many chances." Um, but Bishop Sutton yeah, performed pretty well by all
1: accounts well, I'm a big fan of these sort of father and son combinations. You know, we see a lot of them in the teams. You know, fathers managing and sons playing, and uh, or people involved in the clubs. Of course, presidents and secretaries. And I just think that it's nice for your father to follow in your journalistic footsteps, basically, Tom. Anyway, we'll move swiftly, and um, we've got a Neil or jaw to talk about. Have you noticed how we always? have one yes. there's always one and this week it's Bishop's Liddiard against would you believe it Wellington 206 um, came to watch this game and um, well I imagine that they were rather they were hoping for a little bit more
2: yeah obviously Wellington have had uh, a nice win since but uh, on Friday it was just a 0-0 draw uh, it proved to be an important point in the end but uh, nothing nothing to write home about against uh, Bishop's Idiot but there wasn't an, uh, a brilliant crowd as, as well which will obviously have been helped by the, uh, the excellent weather we had uh, over the weekend
1: well if you wondered where the goals were at Bishop's Lydia perhaps they were at Chard Town 3-all yeah. um, against Wincanton 6 goals in total and another healthy crowd of 112
2: Yeah, and Chard Town fought back from a 3-1 deficit in the final 20 minutes scoring twice uh, to grab a 3-all draw uh, and James Boyland had fired, had put them ahead uh, in the 25th minute uh, before goals from Pat G- Golden Tom Morris and Connor Williams had uh, fired Wincanton ahead uh, but then uh, Stephen Friend struck in the 72nd minute uh, before adding another 8 minutes later to uh, to to save a point for the hosts
1: Of course if you haven't worked out there's quite a lot of derbies um, going on over the bank holiday period and rightly so it's one thing that the fans do do love and of course it's reflected in the um, in the attendances that we've we've seen in a Wiltshire derby here between Corsham Town and Devizes Town.
2: Yeah Corsham has been doing really well at home uh, of recent time and that strong home form continued uh, on Friday and goals from Alessandro Zarelli and uh, Aaron Masson helped them
1: to a 2-0 win over Devizes now then, um, we come to the game that I was at, Hengrove Athletic against Canesham Town, another derby of course for those people who are regular listeners to the podcast, they'll remember that I I had a rant a few weeks ago about the um, about the attendances that 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 Hengrove were getting and how I thought that they were value for an awful lot more they've been going ever so well in the league this season they've had a little wobble, but that wobble was arrested um, in this game to local rivals Canesham and it took on the added importance um, because of course both of these sides battling it out for promotion at the top of the first division there were 116 plus 4 knockholds at this game and um, and as I say Hengrove winning out 1-0 I unfortunately didn't get to see the goal because I was trying to corral my daughter on the Bounty castle. Tom can you take it can you take me through it please?
2: Well no scored it was Joe Brimble so there's there's news for you even though you're at the game and that was 4 minutes after the break apparently so uh, yeah a huge win for Hengrove putting 5 points between them and Keynesham obviously a bit of a 6 pointer and uh, yeah Good crowd there uh, Justified And uh, Hengrove The 1-0 winners
1: And of course That was a result That took them back Mm. um, Albeit briefly To the top Of the first division And I'd like to take This opportunity To thank Jamie Hillman And Mike Greatbanks For their hospitality On Good Friday And uh, it was very much Appreciated Not just the good nature Of the invitation For myself to come To the ground But also um, To extend that To my family It was very much Appreciated Uh, We had a lovely day And um, I look forward To seeing more Of Hengrove next season Now Moving on to Oldland Ambertonians, they uh, entertained Malmesbury Victoria, and it would be fair to say they were routed.
2: Yeah, this is this is where the goals were. Uh, Malmesbury Victoria five-one winners uh, away at Oldland, uh, and it was a hat-trick really from Jamie Packer,
1: which was the uh, the main talking point for them. Uh, but a big win for Malmesbury away from home. Now, Portishead Town—they were at home to Ashton and Backwell in the lowest attendance of the uh, of the bank holiday weekend. Only 35 saw this one. Yeah, and there was 35 fans who have seen
2: Aaron Reed scoring goals at uh, either end uh, for, for, for obviously for Ashton Backwell, and then uh,
1: unfortunately putting through his own goal, uh, giving Portishead an equaliser. Now, this was another one of the fixtures that I called out in last week's um, podcast. It's a game that I... It's very close to my heart. Two teams I'm very fond of. Radstock Town against Welton Rovers. Of course, for those of you who are aficionados of these things, it is the Coalfield Classico. Um, second only to El Classico, and arguably um, it's even bigger than that game. 191 went to Southfield's Recreation, grounds to, uh, re- recreation Ground to see this fixture. R- Welton were looking to regain local bragging rights. Radstock had gone down... To to West Clues earlier in the season on Boxing Day and won heavily Welton uh, obviously looking to um, um, to avenge that but um, it wasn't to be but a closer affair this time.
2: Yeah it wasn't um, but it, it, so it was Radstock who won again actually a, a 1-0 win at home uh, and it was Jake Wyatt's goal helping them to complete the double over Welton
1: and finally, um, for Good Friday, Warminster Town at home to Westbury. Another Warmin- uh, another Wiltshire derby. And um, the biggest crowd of the entire Good Friday campaign, 355 watching this one. Yeah, the biggest crowd
2: we've seen in the first division all season, in fact. Uh, 355, as you say, really, really impressive. And it was uh, Westbury. Uh, they grabbed a share of the points, uh, a one-all draw. And it was only their third draw of the season, in fact. So uh, an interesting result there at Warminster.
1: that concludes our run through for good friday we move on now to easter bank holiday monday monday the 17th of april and um already crowned champions bristol manor farm they were on the road again they traveled to um to bitten and another routine victory
2: yeah their second two 2-0 win uh, over the easter period uh, away from home and they left it late this one before climbing all three three points with uh, dean stamp and jordan matters both scoring in the final 15 minutes
1: Bridport were at home to Clevedon Town yeah
2: and uh, St Mary's Field at home win for Bridport uh, Edward Butcher and Mark Salter uh, scoring either side of half time to, to help them claim the win and uh, second defeat in the space of a few days for, for Clevedon <laughs>
1: Um, Buckland Athletic entertained Brislington every time I expect Brislington to um, to win they lose every time I expect them to lose they win um, Buckland are finishing the season strongly and this was um, this was a, a, a good contest as well Yeah, another four goals for them at home uh, their final home game of the
2: season uh, at home was Heath and it was Richard Groves who fired them into the lead uh, before Nikhil Plummer uh, equalised for Brislington they've been doing alright recently uh, but then it was second half goals from that man uh, J- Jared Lewington and then Charlie Johansson and Jordan Ewan. Uh, Doing, helping
1: out uh, to all three points. Now there's always one, Tom. As we said, la- as we said for the Good Friday hashtag, there's always one. Let's get that trending. Right, Chipping Sodbury against Helen, nil all. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here, but
2: Helen gaining an an important point. Uh, for a, a really good crowd, actually, uh, of 141 were there to see it. Uh, and Chipping Sodbury sitting comfortably in 13th. Helen uh, in
1: 19th. Uh, a good point for them away from home. Longwell Green Sports, they entertained Sherbourne Town and uh, a good win for Longwell Green. Yeah, second, uh, second win in the space of four
2: days. Uh, a 2-0 winner home to Sherbourne, who obviously uh, are already relegated. Uh, they've now conceded 145 goals in their 37 fixtures this season uh, and that was Longwell, Green,
1: uh, Longwell Green's 10th win of the season. Now, this is the game that I uh, managed to catch on um, Monday, Melksham Town against Gillingham. And um, a surprise result here, Tom.
2: Mm. Uh, a 1-0 win away uh, for Gillingham. A uh, really good crowd, obviously, as we expect at Melksham these days. And uh, uh, 87th minute, in fact, uh, before James Filkins scored um, the winner uh, for Gillingham uh, away at third place, Melksham. And from, uh, from all accounts, I've heard it's a bit of a scream. I don't know if you're able to, to comment on that.
1: Now, I had another child-related issue. I got sent to the bar to buy a packet of cheese and onion crisps and unfortunately missed the goal. Um, But um, um, I was very impressed with Gillingham's overall um, play. Very impressed indeed. And um, what was most interesting for me was when I followed the game on Twitter before I managed to get into the stadium at half-time, I saw the Melksham Town side, and it was without a couple of key players, Mike Perrott and Sam Jordan um, players, who've been, uh, you know, uh, very impressive at Western League level um, they started on the bench uh, as time wore on um, Darren Perrin rung the changes you know it's the finishers as Eddie Jones would call them and uh, I thought well, well this is it you know, he, Darren Perrin's playing his joker now and they're going to be too strong for Gillingham and it wasn't the case Gillingham really rose to the challenge incredible spirit that they showed I mean of course we covered a couple of weeks ago the fact that they won't be in the Western League and I was really impressed by the way that not only they um, scored the goal that I didn't see but also hung on um, till the end so uh, you know, really worthy winners there. 289 people in the ground um, for that game, and that's why at the time um, I managed to catch up with Neil Waddleton, um, their manager, um, just before I, I left the ground, and um, and uh, he gave me his thoughts on what I thought was a really impressive victory.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. I think. Um, it was a good example of how we've been playing for most of the season, certainly since Christmas where we've been um, we've been in a bit of a rich vein of form, but I, I was particularly impressed with the way we sort of equipped ourselves against White Class as one of the best sides in the division currently, and more importantly, sort of the fourth game in eight games that we've sort of had leading up to the Melchior game. So to the go there on a back holiday Monday with um, a threat to their side due to injuries and unavailability to put on a performance like we did and ultimately get the result was
1: pleasing. And Melcham um, threw on in the second half um, they, they emptied their bench um, and they put on some real quality uh, but you stood up to the task and actually um, what impressed me most was that you were the ones who were able to capitalise and um, and get the 1-0 victory so you must have been very pleased.
0: Oh, very much so. Melcham's obviously got um a very good squad of players. And, and to be honest, on our day, so have we. Unfortunately, in the last few games, through unavailabilities and injuries and what have you, we haven't been able to pull a, uh, to put out as deep a squad as we would like to, or rest players as much as we would like to, of all the games that we've played. But we've shown throughout the course of the season that we've got within the squad side that can sort of compete with anybody and I think one of my biggest disappointments this year really is the the league position that we're in if you look at the sort of the results that we've had nobody has sort of um, beaten us by more than the odd goal and more importantly in each of those games we've had opportunities to um, take points from the games that we've, we've been defeated and more importantly it's been sometimes our own downfall that's led to the game being taken away from us so I don't think the surprise is there on my part I think the surprise is probably there after such a long run of games and hard run of games with such a small squad that we're able to still keep churning out the results but I think over the course of the season I feel that um, we could probably we, and should probably be higher than what we are and I think if you look at our cup performances within the, the FA Bath the FA Cup the Dorset Senior Cup and now the Les Phillips Cup, I think it shows that on our day we're more than a match for anybody.
1: Well your Easter started well, didn't it? You had a good win against Sherborne Town at home.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's always nice to, It's always nice in a local derby to get sort of three points. Um, in truth, the performance compared with yesterday was a shadow of itself. I think that was probably down to um, the dogged performance put in by Sherwon. so it was all credit to them because they worked extremely hard. But derbies, in my experience, have never been the prettiest of games anyway, and I think what with a, a very bumpy, hard, difficult pitch surface to play on and also the sort of um, the exertions that we um, had to give against Weymouth in the Dorset Senior Cup only a three day, two days previous I think you could physically see that the players were out on their feet so to come away and get the three points and follow it up with a, another three points a couple of days later at Melcham um, was a fantastic achievement in itself
1: Well let's talk about that Dorset Senior Cup game you were up against Southern League opposition in the form of Weymouth Weymouth, very high profile club very um, well supported club but you took them right to the wire didn't you?
0: Very much so. The actual fixture itself is a repeat of last year's performance, but I think that um, the news of their manager departing after the game on Tuesday basically filled a new dread because they obviously the players would like to galvanise um, themselves in terms of getting a performance for their manager on. Is what is was his, his last game of it um, in charge for them. And when we, we arrived at Dorchester staging, to find out that a full of side had been put out because that was their signal of intent of how they wanted to finish its campaign off, campaign off. That equally what they wanted to win, the heart sort of sinks a little bit because, as much as you go into it with hope and you don't go into it with any real pressure on your shoulders playing against an opposition such as those, you want to make sure that the lads give a good account of themselves. And let's face it, kind of a big crowd, you don't want to come off and top uh, a result that is damning in terms of the confidence of the individuals for the remaining games of the season. And to take them to two hours of um, football into extra time, yes, we rode our luck at times, but I think that the effort that the lad put in um, in the dogged performance in terms of without the ball was fantastic and we offered our own when we were going forward so absolutely full of praise for the team full of praise um, for the individuals I think they've made themselves a lot of friends and certainly done the club pride on the actual evening itself
1: You you mentioned obviously the, the important nature of that game for the Weymouth players but in recent weeks there's been an announcement that Gillingham Town won't remain in the West league, certainly for next season. Um, do you feel that that news has given your side renewed vigour to go out with a bang this season?
0: Well, to be honest, the, the news itself is very, very disappointing. And I think to stand in front of a group of players um, once that news is broken, which was pretty much after the, the Roman Glass semi-final game with Les Phillips, to actually stand in front of them and, and, and to expect players, which to be fair, they're only really human and to basically stay stay united and carry on and, and keep working hard for each other. It is was, was a massive task and, and it's credit to them that they have done what they have done because it would have been too easy just to walk away from the situation feeling, it, feeling that this year has been a wasted year um, but as players uh, all you can do is hope that the commitment and the energy and, and the attitude is correct and since that disappointing decision and, and the, the disappointment that's been felt just with the players but throughout the club as a whole because it wasn't a decision that was taken lightly then uh, to be fair the players have given everything and for that I'm extremely grateful because as a manager you're only as good as the players that you have at your availability and if lads are prepared to make themselves available and put in performances that they haven't done on the pitch of late it's just credit to them
1: again as much as it is disappointing obviously for for you for yourself as manager for the players and of course the supporters our, our our clubs our football clubs whether they're in the Western League or any level of the grassroots pyramid um, we are only ever custodians of them so can you understand the club's decision to take
0: uh, 100% I think that as much as there's, there's obviously disappointment there's disappointment from my point of view there's disappointment from the players there's disappointment from the committee and knowing the committee as well as i do over the last two years i've managed to be in charge of Gillingham town it, it's not a decision they would have taken lightly it, it's one that is always questioned by people outside of the club because it's such a drastic decision but when you you hear the logic and you understand uh, the rationale behind it and the the renewed energy that now the, the the extremely small committee have to actually push on get the ground um ground ready and ready to go and then one day look to return to the Western League, the longevity of any football club is more important than anyone's ego, anyone's sort of thoughts of um, what they should be doing. Because, let's face it, football clubs are so brittle and they rely on a a small number of fantastic people that could give their time and effort for the majority of the time for no recompense at all. So to keep those people interested to the point where they're still very much focused on the club, very much focused on giving their valuable time up for everybody, it has to be the way forward. for me, football clubs are on a nice edge all the time, and and I generally believe in gillingham Town what they will do in the future, and and I wish them all the very very best, and and I think that people will once the disappointment will sort of subside and the questions will sort of stop. I think they will see that gillingham will come back stronger.
1: Well that's the distant future in the near future you've still got um, games to play um, you've got Halland coming up on Saturday and of course you sign off at Harding's Lane with that Les Phillips tie against Melksham Town. Your side can't have any fear against one of the big boys of the Premier Division
0: Oh not at all and to be honest I, I, would, I would be more fearful of having somebody where we were the favourites if you like I think we've shown this year that our performances um, against the top sides in the division have been fantastic and we've pushed them very close. And, and when you look at our performances against sides like Street, and we've taken four points off those, I don't think there's one side in the, in the division that we fear. And I think that from a manager's point of view, playing a sort of side like Melchior who are full of fantastic talent and managed by a fast, the experienced manager such as Darren Perrin then for me it's easy to motivate the players for that because they should be wanting to go out and play and, and if we can put in a performance similar to what we did on Monday we'll give ourselves every chance and it'd be a fantastic way to bow out of the Western League if we can get ourselves to a second final of the season and it'd be fantastic for, for the club itself to, to hold a semi-final which could be possibly their last game in the Western League for, for the short time um, but Hopefully it's just one, it's a penultimate game as opposed to the last game of the season.
1: Neil, um, their enthusiasm was evident to me on on Monday. One final question for you. Um, obviously, you've, you've talked about some of the big boys in the Premier Division. Melksham, you mentioned Street. Um, obviously, Bristol Manor Farm have been promoted over the Easter period as well. And, of course, there's Buckland Athletic who had those exploits in the FA Vars. How do you rate the quality of football in the Tool station Western League this season?
0: I think I, I think what you've seen... Um, this season, there's been some fantastic performances by our clubs in, in the national competitions. Um, I think when you play, a, play the teams over the number of league games, you get to assess the, the quality you have. I, I think that generally the quality has been good. I think there is, a, there is a clear top eight within our division that is going to be very hard to break into because uh, they seem to they, they seem to be consistently performing over the seasons and they are consistently the size to beat each year but I think that it it also shows that the odds will be thrown in from other teams within the league and I think although there is a massive gap over the course of a season between maybe the top and the bottom teams I think week in week out you have to be at your best because if you're not at your best and you can get caught and we've been guilty of that. We've been guilty of putting in substandard performances and we are where we are over the course of the season because we haven't been consistent enough. And that goes to show the strength of the league I believe because it doesn't mean that you expect expected to win games. Whereas I think the top sides they have the quality um, and the players to be a little bit more consistent and they will grind out results against sides. But having said that there's also for the perform guy the odd purple shut in that will derail them. And I think I think that that's credit to Bristol Manor Farm, really, I think, because this year um, they have been consistent in churning out results. And where others have maybe slipped up against sides where they wouldn't have been expected to, Bristol Manor Farm has steamrolled through. And and if they get to their 100 points mark for the season, it's a fantastic achievement, as well as getting promotion and sort of moving up the pyramid.
1: My thanks to uh, to Neil Waddleton for his time, and uh, best of wishes to, uh, for the rest of the season. Now then, last season's champion, odd, champions odd down. They were at home to Cadbury Heath. Yeah, um, and they're now unbeaten
2: in in five games. Odd down, as I said earlier, uh, finishing the season pretty strongly. And uh, they did go behind in this fixture, uh, but Kai Simpson managed to equalise in the second half for them. Uh, yeah, to claim
1: the one all draw. Shepton Mallet, who. Um, Again, one of the great inconsistent sides in the Western League. I, I, I've got a lot of time for Shepton Mallet, and um, this was one of the days when they were very much at the races against a team, of course, that we've got a, you know, a pedigree side, Willand Rovers. Yeah, Shepton's second win of the, uh, the Easter period, and Willand's
2: second defeat, unfortunately for them, uh, a 2-0 win for Shepton Mallet, with Reese Cook scoring for the, the second time in
1: four days, and uh, also Tyson Pollard getting on the score sheet. Now, Street against Bradford Town. I think this was another one of those matches we discussed this time last week. And um, Bradford, we've got a lot of time for them. They've, um, they've been um, competitive, like Willand at the top of the Premier Division. But Street really going incredibly well. And again, this is another fantastic example of why perhaps Street might be the team to beat next season.
2: Yeah. And that's them. They're pretty much confirmed in second place now unless they slip up. Over the last few fixtures uh, They're the second team uh, After Buckland to score four In both matches uh, Over the Easter period And they're very much Helped by an early red card To Bradford uh, With uh, Kevin Davis uh, Seeing red in just the 15th minute um, Following two yellow cards uh, And it was the home side Who took advantage Obviously with goals Quite soon after that From uh, Ross McCurlin And Steve Murray To, to lead two 0 at the break Alex Monks then uh, Fired home a penalty To get Bradford Back into the game Ten men uh, Before uh, Murray Restored Street's Two goal lead and then uh, laid on an assist to Josh Wadham uh, three minutes later to wrap up the win and uh, a really good win for Street in
1: front of a really good crowd And finally Wells City entertain Cribs and the home fans will not have gone home happy from this one.
2: No, a really, really big win away from home for Cribs, uh, 3-0. Uh, and it was goals from uh, different sources this time. No no George King on the score sheet. Inf- instead, it was uh, Harry Hope, Rhys Hodgson and uh, George Brimson scoring goals for them.
1: Now, we move down into the first division, where Ashton and Backwell United entertained uh, Town.
2: Yeah, the Lancers-Scott Stadium, uh, and it was goals from Paul Uppington, Aaron Reid, who obviously scored twice on, uh, on Friday uh, in different ends. Uh, and
1: Ryan Crouch uh, helping uh, Ashton and Backwell to the 3-0 win Chippenham Park are a side that have got a bit about them I know that their results have been in and out but on their day are a good side and that's exactly what Cheddar found when they visited Chippenham on, um, on Monday
2: Yeah, Cheddar's uh, hopes of promotion got a real dent here a one-all draw where Chippenham Park who have been performing extremely well uh, and are up in eighth now um, they've climbed the table terrifically over the second half of the season uh, and it was they who went behind uh, before Charlie Norman uh, got on the score sheet to, to say Point for Chippenham
1: Park. Corsham Town entertained Wincanton Town and Wincanton very much at the races <laughs> and it was a girl from uh, Daniel Wise five minutes before the break uh,
2: helping them to the 1-0 win uh, away at Corsham who, uh, who have done well uh, and are safe now
1: but um, uh, an, imp- uh, an impressive win for, for Wincanton And um, the misery continued for Canesham Town. Of course, they lost out on Good Friday to Hengrove away. They travelled to Devizes Town and uh, uh, another defeat for them. Yeah, unfortunately,
2: uh, they're 13th of the season. Uh, They'll have to come back stronger next season, uh, which I'm sure they're capable of. uh, A 2-0 loss uh, with goals from Tom Slater and uh, Rob Mitchell firing uh, Devizes to the win.
1: Now, of course, we talked about, in in Good Friday fixtures, we talked about Malmesbury's impressive 5-1 away victory. Could they follow that up at home? No, they couldn't. Uh, They lost 4-0 to none other than Bishop Sutton.
2: After having a hat-trick here of their own on uh, Friday, uh, they were then sucker-punched by Sam Downs, who scored three of uh, Bishop Sutton's four goals
1: in their uh, impressive win away from home. And uh, following that impressive victory, I caught up with Bishop Sutton's manager, Scott Armstrong, who uh, who gave his thoughts on this season. You had a fantastic win away uh, on, um, on on Easter Monday, Scott. You must be delighted.
4: Yeah, we had a, um, a great result down there. Um, it's been the story of our season. Uh, we seem to perform better against the sides that are in the top half of the table um, and seem to let ourselves down slightly when we play sides uh, in and around the bottom three or, or bottom half of the table. Um, we seem to do uh, slip up, perform a bit like uh, Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde, unfortunately
1: yeah you're you're consistently inconsistent it would be fair to say but Malmesbury victoria is not an easy place to go there's plenty of the top sides in the first division have struggled there but four um, nil is an impressive score line
4: yeah, it is a tough place to go facilities you know are uh are challenging unfortunately with the surface is very very difficult probably etc but but yeah we um we, we coped with it and um we took our chances
1: Now, you um, came off second best against Cheddar. Cheddar have been going um, very well this season. It was only a narrow defeat at home, though, 1-0.
4: Yeah, uh, for myself personally, um, you know, I like the way Cheddar play, Cheddar play good football. Um, you know, I've, I mentioned it into my programme notes when we played them on Good Friday, that they're probably one of the better football sides in the league. Um, ultimately, it's, it's probably going to cost them because sometimes when you play good football, uh, you don't get the results you probably deserve. Um, Friday uh, very very even game unfortunately I had a slice of luck no sort of pun intended on that one um, but, you know the, the, the lad cut inside shot uh, was going miles wide and uh, one of their lads so uh, poked at home other than that very very even game and um, you know very good football played by both sides
1: well you've got another very good footballing side coming up on the uh, the 22nd of this month you're away to, to Radstock Town Southfield's recreation ground is a ground you know well yeah,
4: yeah it's a ground I obviously know very, very well. Um, a lot of my side know that ground very, very well. Um, you know, Unfortunately, I was joint manager there, things didn't work out, um, but, but still you know, hold those in high regard. There's, I've got a lot of friends there and they've had a very, very good season, uh, which is pleasing to see as well.
1: And one um, final game this season to come after that, it's at home, uh, you're against Carntown and obviously you'll be looking to go out on a high
4: yeah absolutely absolutely i mean we've had a very, very good season this season uh from uh, as many will know that follow the western league bishop Sutton had a tolerable you know a terrible time for the last two two seasons on uh, relegation back to back um uh, and we've had a good season we've you know consolidated and uh, we've got a very, very good football inside, as many keep saying. You know, we, we are in a low position, probably a bit of a false position, which is, you know, can only set us in good stead for next season.
1: Looking ahead to next season then, and um, how do you see your side going uh, next time round?
4: Uh, next season, if we can, you know, iron out our inconsistency um, and, uh, you know, focus on beating sides around us, um, you know, I think, I think, you know, prospects are very, very high. Um, I think we could, you know, we could probably mount a top six finish would be the aim, um, uh, and hopefully pre- press on and, uh, and build on what we've done this year.
1: You mentioned Cheddar and that game um, a couple of days ago, um, but um, over the course of the season, certainly on the podcast, we've been looking at the exploits of Canesham and of Hengrove, um, and, of, and of course Cheddar and Wellington, who currently sit on top of the division. Um, which teams have impressed you the most that you've come up against with this season? Uh,
4: teams that impressed. Um, and I fully think they both deserve to be promoted. Um, I think, unfortunately, one's just going to miss out is Cheddar, and I, uh, I think Jamie and his engrove side have been, you know, the, the stronger the sides that, that you know warrant being promoted as well. Um, I think those two, you know, very very good sides, and you know, the, the first division will miss them next year. You know, if Cheddar do you know, if Cheddar can get over the line in the final two games.
1: I know that you're a man who's got experience in both. The first division and of, and the Premier Division of the uh, the Tool Station League. The Tool the Premier Division season this season has been fascinating, um, with Manor Farm and Melksham and Buckland, uh, and of course Street fighting it out at the top. How do you see the gulf between the two divisions at the moment?
4: Um, I, th- I think the gulf is massive in terms of you can tell which sides have a very you know wealthy wage budget or have a you know do pay a lot, uh, you know their sides. Um, you've only got to look at. The t- that suggests that you've got the sides at the top that, that pay and the sides that unfortunately at the bottom that don't pay um, and the first division you know the sides that go up you know will struggle unless they can get the better players in or, or maybe you know
3: spend a little bit of money
1: and my thanks to Scott Armstrong for his time. Now, Oldland Abertonians against Welton Rovers. Um, and this was a, a good win for the home side.
2: Yeah, a battle between two of the sides uh, towards the bottom half of the, for the table at the uh, Aitchinson playing field. And it was an entertaining fixture. Uh, Oldland Abertonians claiming the 4-2 win. Uh, it was Will Hunter who'd put Welton ahead in the 28th minute, but they Oldland managed to get level at half time with Dave Stone responding ten minutes later. Uh, a quick fire double uh, in the early stages of the second half from Owen McCullum then put Oldland uh, out of sight uh, three one ahead. Uh, before actually Chris Powell got got Welton back into the game and uh, hopes of a draw uh, were on the cards. Uh, before Stone uh, added his second uh, in injury time on the counter attack to wrap up the win for Oldland.
1: Now Portishead entertained Hengrove and uh, Hengrove of course heading the table a good opportunity not only to continue their route to the championship but also to secure their promotion to the f- uh, Premier Division but it wasn't to be.
2: Yeah, and They would have done if uh, if they'd have held on for the win uh, well not held on sorry if they could have managed to win. Uh, they did go behind uh, in this fixture to Portishead away from home the, the, the clean sheets have dried up uh, but Jack Fillingham's equaliser six minutes from time for Hengrove helped them to gain the point which means they are now just two points from promotion, uh, one if you're included there 24 uh, goals superior goal difference to uh, Cheddar who are obviously in third and, and team that can catch them now but uh, an important point away from home for, for Hengrove and they are just crawling, crawling over the line uh, as it stands but they have dropped off the top as you say
1: Now, Roman Glass, St. George, at home to Radstock Town. We heard earlier this season from the Roman Glass manager just how useful their home pitch is to them. It's um, it's a synthetic service, and um, they do very well at home. They conquered, of course, Bristol Manor Farm in the Les Phillips Cup, but um, they were conquered this weekend by Radstock Town. Mm. Radstock's
2: magnificent end to the, the, uh, the season continued and it was a 5-2 win away for from home for them on, on the 4G pitch as you say. Thomas Stock scoring during the first half for Radstock before a brace from James Rustle and uh, further goals from Craig Wilson and Jake Wickham after the break extending their winning run to five matches now. We are a really good form for, for Radstock and a big win for them.
1: And I have to uh, make a special mention to John Newport at this point. I'm um, friends with John and follow his um, work as a photographer um, on Facebook and um course he's a, an award winning photographer um, in the tool station Western League a couple of seasons ago he got the photograph of the year he's taken an absolute beauty this weekend of one of um, one of Radstock's goals and really if, if, if the listeners get a chance to see it I, I really urge um, um, I think John's um, he's sent it to one of um, the local newspapers that covers Radstock which is the Midsummer Norton and Radstock District Journal if you get an opportunity to see this picture I, I strongly recommend it because it is an absolute, it's an absolute beauty so well done John there now then moving on to Warminster Town they entertained Bishops Lydiard
2: yeah, and goals from uh, Mark Clooney and James Quick uh, for Bishops Lydiard either side of a Charlie Walton strike uh, helped them to the 2-1 win away from home uh, that second defeat I believe in a row for, for
1: Warminster Wellington league leaders uh, took on Chard Town 196 at Wellington for this one Tom and they weren't disappointed
2: no they weren't they've confirmed their promotion real congratulations to uh, to Wellington a 3-1 win at home to uh, against Chard uh, and it was an own goal uh, plus further strides from Connor Bryant and Jack Taylor, uh, leading Wellington to victory. Uh, and they moved seven points clear of third place and two points clear of Hengrove. Uh, so they'll be uh, chomping at the bit over the last few fixtures to to gain not just promotion, obviously, which is confirmed, but the uh, the championship is at stake. Uh, and but, but they've done the done the hard work, and a, a really, really
1: strong congratulations to Wellington. I'd say. And finally, Westbury United were at home to, to basement boys Almondsbury-Urie and Westbury piling on the misery for, for Almondsbury in this fixture.
2: Yeah, Westbury's uh, unbeaten run now and extended to nine fixtures. They have really, really found form uh, in the second half of the season. They're 10th now in
1: the table uh, and it was a 3-1 winner at home to Almondsbury-Urie for them. Right then Tom, well that concludes our um, review of the fixtures as the listeners will have been aware obviously it was a busy old weekend over Easter and uh, this this week's podcast is a marathon not a sprint, but um, I hope you're bearing with us. We'll have a little look ahead to the upcoming uh, upcoming fixtures. It's Saturday the 22nd uh, of April and do you want to take us through um, the Prem and the First Division Tom? Yeah, not a full set of fixtures
2: this weekend uh, obviously busy, busy over the Easter period but uh, we do have five Premier Division fixtures on Saturday, uh, all 3pm kick-offs. Of course, uh, we have Bradford Town hosting Buckland Athletic in a, in a in a top top tussle. Bridport against Brislington. We've got Cadbury Heath versus Willand Rovers. Halland travels to take on Gillingham Town, uh, and then Melksham Town host Longwell Green Sports. And then down in the First Division, we have Cowtown versus Chardtown. Cheddar vs. Westbury United almondsbury U. E. travel to take on Hengrove who obviously fighting for promotion Malmsbury-Victoria host Wellington who will hope to confirm the championship if they can on Saturday uh, We have Warminster Town they travel to take on Oldland Abertonians Porter Town take on Bishop's Lydiard, Radstock Town versus Bishop's Sutton and finally Walton Rovers against Corsham
1: Town Thanks for that, Tom. Um, any of those fixtures particularly stand out for you?
2: I think, obviously, Wellington uh, hoping to confirm the title in the second division and, obviously, Hangrove uh, as well. Uh, just a couple of points from promotion. They'll hope to to complete that at home uh, against Almondsbury. Obviously, they have had their blip recently, as you mentioned, uh, but you'd think this is, a, this is a fixture that lines up quite nicely for them and they're one win away uh, from firing their way up to the, the Premier Division. I think they're justifiably uh, the team that might join
1: Wellington in doing so. <coughs> Every week I keep on talking about how Bradford Town are, are a side to watch. Um, they have been very good this season. They entertain Buckland, but every time I tell, I say to watch out for them, they manage to, um, well, it seems to backfire on them, so I won't say Bradford Town against Buckland. I think Cadbury Heath against Willing could be an interesting game. I think those are two games, you know, on their day, those two sides are perfectly capable of getting a result against anyone, so I think that's going to be a good one. And um, my, final, my final game is going to be Radstock Town against Bishop Sutton. Now, I'm using a little bit of local knowledge there, because unless you know yeah. Those two sides, and dare I say it, their respective managers, um, it probably be lost on you. Radstock going incredibly well. Bishop Sutton, in fairness, on there they were a very good side, but they're occupying a slightly different part of the table. It'd be fair to say, but uh, it's a little bit of history. There's a little bit of history there. So um, we'll say no more. We'll say no more. Well, let's, we don't want to be any. We don't want to be controversial. Anyway, now we're going to go and have a look at the league table, and I, you'll be pleased to know that I've done. I've been doing a little bit of maths, but only a little bit. So um, well, I'm not going to prolong this any more. Of course, we know that in the Premier Division Bristol Manor Farm have won the league. Um, 96 points from 36 games. They are on track to break the 100 point record. They could still get 102 points. They've only got um, two games left um, to um, to secure those points. Street, very much in second place. And in fact, Street can't finish any lower than second place. At the moment, they've played 36 and they've got 86 points. 92 points they can get. Won't be troubling Manor Farm. Um, but with Melksham in third at the the moment Melchim and Buckland both on 79 points this perhaps is a really interesting um, position and, and who who thought we'd get this excited about the battle for third and um, there's not even a Champions League um, a spot at, um, uh, at stake which is a terrible shame and maybe we should lobby the FA for that but anyway um, both sides can get 85 points which means they can either finish third or fourth the opposite end of the table is of course more interesting Sherbourne Town played 37 they've only got 13 points they're going down um, they can only get 20 uh, they can only get 16 points. They won't be troubling Hallen on 19 or Bitten, who are also on 19, and then there's a massive gap it's 31 points um, Longwell Green Sports have got. Hallen have played Hallen have two games left but only one um, so um, Hallen arguably in the driving seat but they need to get points on the board that's the premier division let's move down to the um, to the first division Wellington could still finish second but of course second is good enough to secure them automatic promotion at the moment they're very much in the hunt for first Hengrove with an opportunity to finish first they've currently played 40 they've got 84 points a maximum of 90 points that they can get but on 84 points they could still theoretically be caught um, by um, by Cheddar um, who have played 40 and have got 79 points. Keynesham have played one game more, 41 points. They've got 78 on the board. They can't finish any higher than third and any lower than fourth and at the bottom of the first division, Almondsbury, um, they've played 40, they've got um, 28 points um, that's a maximum of 34 uh, which means that they could potentially Finished 21st. Carn uh, Town, who've played 39 games, they've got 31 points. They could potentially um, finish bottom. So it looks like it's between Carn and Almondsbury for that bottom spot. Anyway, Tom. Um, You've had two bulletins, haven't you, um, this weekend, both of which are now currently on the Tall Station Western League website?
2: I believe so. Uh, bulletins 37 and 38, I think, uh, covering the uh, Good Friday fixtures and then uh, the uh, Easter Monday ones as well. So, yeah, a couple of bulletins for, for everyone this
1: weekend. W money double fun and um, did you um, did you get into this week's non-league paper yes indeed
2: Uh, that was covering the Premier League the Premier Division
1: fixtures uh, from Good Friday they were in uh, Sunday's non-league paper suitably gushing about Bristol Manor Farm I take it of course yes excellent well that's all from Tom and myself for another another edition of the Tool Station Western League podcast we hope you had a pleasant Easter still a little bit of football to be played in the Western League and that's why we'll be back uh, next week